0: You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the humps are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic Conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason.
1: Hey, this is Pete from Masonic Light Podcast, and I'm here with Jason. How you doing? And there is no Larry. No Larry. Uh, Larry had some uh, health issues this week, and he is recovering at home. So um,
2: We expect a speedy recovery, but uh, took him out of the game tonight.
1: Yeah, so we'll, we'll play a little clip from Larry in a little bit. Um, today our guest is going to be Brother Jack
2: Aquilina. Where is he from? In uh, Victoria. Uh, yes, Victoria, like the Queen, right? Um, in so, Australia. Jack Aquilina is the host of the Brought to Light podcast. Uh, they're fourteen or fifteen episodes in, uh, and they release about uh, every two weeks, like us. And he has some wonderful guests, uh, a lot of Australian guests, and also some guests from the U.S. He had some of the Masonic and their their podcast is. Even though
1: Jack's like twenty three, right? Their podcast is a little bit more grown up than
2: ours. Yes, but it's not like full blown emphasis on a little. Actually, a lot more grown up.
1: Yeah, but it's not like full blown um, Masonic nerd like like some of the other ones. It's like kind of like it's a stepping stone to the real deep esoteric podcast right
2: and he, and he's doing uh, a, a few series right now so he'll have multiple guests on about a different topic but uh and he's also in charge or the, the in charge he's the founder of the blue lounge which is a social club and they're trying to spread it across australia and it's uh to keep brothers you know tapped into freemasonry but not necessarily at a, at a you know a state of meeting and just voting on approving minutes and all that uh they're uh, basically a social group and uh they're gaining some some traction and uh their grand lodge seems to be on the verge of being receptive and yeah just a uh, great uh, great brother we've talked to him quite a bit across facebook and we finally had an opportunity to get him uh on air if you will but before we do that let's do what we normally do what uh how was your masonic week or two weeks
1: uh, i don't know if i've had anything masonic in the past two weeks i've kind of, only thing i had was Tall Cedars practice. So I'm, I, uh, I, and I did not get roped in. I actually volunteered. Um, I'm playing the part of the Prince Master of the Palace. Nice. Um, for the Tall Cedars, um, uh, prologue and royal court. So I'm not talking out of school, even though there's an oath and obligation that says I'm not supposed to talk about this. But our, like, if you were to come to one of these, it's open. Um, wives can be there, girlfriends, Uncle Harry, anybody can come. Um, so yeah, so our, are the degree is really about when they needed wood to complete the, uh, the temple. And, you know, because there wasn't anything, any really wood left in Israel, uh, they wanted to seek out King Hiram of Tyre and, uh, the forests of Lebanon. So
2: the, the whole degree is about that, um... It's a great degree. I've seen it on DVD, but the story is is, a nice addition to what you learn in your craft degree. Yeah, so for
1: the first time in 20 years, uh, Lancaster Forest number 27 is going to actually put this on live. Nice. So, um, you know, I didn't feel like I'm walking into something that these guys have been doing forever because a lot of these guys haven't done it in 20 years. So, um, you know, hopefully I do a good job. And if I do, then I guess this will be my part for the next 20 years.
2: (laughs) There you go. You made eye contact.
1: Yeah, so that that was it for me masonically. Anything uh, with you, Jason?
2: I am in full swing with this one day class coming up, and uh, you guys have heard you know multiple mentions of this. Uh, but Pennsylvania is doing a statewide one day class, and you know whether you agree with that or disagree, it's happening. And there was some—I don't want to say miscommunication, but it might be some misunderstanding of some of the. Uh, Uh, The waivers and dispensations, but uh, we've just recently learned, so if you're a Pennsylvania Mason or a Pennsylvania listener, uh, that they've waived your 30-day reading, your 30-day voting, your 30-day committee of inquiry, and you can do a committee of inquiry ahead of time, and then you can read and vote in the same evening um, as long as you hold a special meeting with due and timely notice. So there's your informational tidbit. Not uh, for you Pennsylvania people, but that's pretty much, you know, we're sending, uh, I think 10 guys and we got a potential 15 more possibly coming out of 43. So it might be a pretty big class.
1: I don't, I mean, I, I don't have any idea how many we have at Lamberton. Um,
2: the first Masonic district is going to send close to a hundred.
1: Oh, wow. So I guess we do have some people in Yeah. There. yeah. Okay. So
2: it's been, uh, it, it, that's, I mean, that's been the talk of every conversation. So, um, what else have I done? Uh, Board meeting, executive meeting for Scottish Right. Normal, normal pre-meetings. Getting ready for the lodge forty-three, stated meeting this week. You guys had your meeting last week. Yep,
1: and we uh, then we had our extra meeting on Thursday, which I um, I made sure to avoid uh, because it was going to be we're going to do three degrees in one night. So uh, that's you know at least three hours.
2: That's a normal night for forty-three.
1: Yeah, but like usually when we have more than two. We have a second extra meeting, right? So it's it's rare for us to try and pack like three third degrees in the one night.
2: We've done I think five thirds was the longest night we've done. Wow, you know. But our thing is like we're we're there and we're already you know our wives or significant others are are not expecting us. So you know the tux is out. You know why stink it up another another night later in the month? It's like if we're there, let's just do the work and make it a long night.
1: So that was it. I guess that's all I got. All right, so we're going to take our first break. Uh, we're going to come back with uh, brother Jack Aquilina from Australia.
2: All right, see you guys soon.
1: Assuming you're recording. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It's so our first first try, guys.
2: Here we go. Hello. Hey. 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 How are you? Good. Wow, this works. So, Jason,
1: you've got all the notes here on Mr. Jack. So yeah. Should we jump into it? Go ahead. You you
2: you be, be Larry. Well, we have a present for you, Jack. Hang on. <laughs> Hopefully, this works. the FCC is gonna like this
1: yeah so you know, there's like probably 10,000 bands from Australia but that's like the one we know is the one that has a a Scottish lead singer
2: (laughs) all right so here we are we got we got Pete and myself Jason Larry's not with us unfortunately he's not feeling well and he was really excited about this but our special guest is uh, Jack Aquilina am I saying that right Jack
3: Yep, you got it right. Well
2: all right. done. All right. And all the way from Victoria, Australia, correct?
3: Yes, that's exactly right.
2: All right. And you are the host of the Brought to Light uh, podcast, which we're all a big fan of, and also the founder of the Blue Lounge Social Club.
3: Yep, that's the one. Yeah, all all right. The
2: one. right. I'm looking at my notes. Keith,
3: tell, us, tell <laughs> us a little
1: bit more about what the Blue Lounge Social Club is. Um Larry got yeah, all okay. giddy and excited over it, so I want to hear about what it is.
3: Well, it, it is worth getting giddy and excited about. At least I get I get excited about it. The Blue Lounge basically is the injection of fun into Freemasonry. Um, apparently when we joined, we're told we're joining this fun organisation. and You go to a few business meetings and you sit there going, okay, the minutes, they, they got me excited, but it just wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. So we set up the Blue Lounge and we thought – Let's make Freemasonry fun. So it started off as four blokes meeting up for a beer in the back room of a Masonic Centre in Brunswick, and now it's sort of gone statewide, and we get 70 people to our meetings, and it's becoming a little bit addictive. So I guess um, the Blue Lands was started to make Freemasonry fun, and then it's morphed into all these other things now, but um, that's basically the, what it was about, sort of trying to make Freemasonry what we thought it was, and, and now we're really happy it. And do,
1: that. do you have the uh, the blessing of your Grand Lodge?
3: Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. We We did... Well, we, we, we sort I think we do, I'm not sure, but it's, it's, it's one of those things, um, we're currently negotiating, this is going to sound really interesting to your listeners, but we're currently negotiating a, um, a, a relationship, a partnership, um, and I'm going through that process at the moment, it's really interesting, but aside from that, we're completely independent, and there's been a bit of, as with every Grand Lodge, there's been a bit of membership sort of upheaval against Grand Lodge for all such, sorts of reasons, so we're, we're, we're actually above all that we'd like to think, and we're seen as a sort of a grassroots you know, organization, and I guess um, I guess the members like us and still hate Grand Lodge at the same time, so everyone wins. So it's great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How many lodges do you have there in uh, in, in your city?
3: Um, that's a good question. In my district alone, this is the Northern District, um, which encompasses quite a few suburbs, there's about, about sorry, 32 lodges in my district. Um, and across the state, I think we have about 242 or 243 lodges. Um, it's way too many. We've got a membership of 9,500 people. That's the official records. I think it's a lot less than that. So um we're, we're like you guys we're coming off the back of that world war ii boom and then now we're realizing shit we've got all this you know infrastructure and all these things that we need to do and look after and we haven't really got the numbers to do it so um quite a few lodges but not many members
2: so the blue lounge is it statewide or province-wide whatever the proper term is for you
3: Yeah, um, so like America, we've got states. We're a federation of states, uh, except we've only got um, six of them, thank God. Um, Basically, the Blue Lounge is district... We operate in three districts at the moment. Um, We're currently expanding to a further three districts, and then we've got another couple of regional districts that are wanting to talk to us. So basically, as a state president, my job is to fill any gaps around the state, whether we don't have an organisation or a club, um, but hopefully we'll become statewide. And I've been contacted by, you know, Queensland and Canberra and people overseas are wanting to set one up. So hopefully we go international. So um, that that'd be really really good. So we we don't want to be confined to borders. So yeah,
2: we can be your uh, Pennsylvania charter.
3: I, I support that. I, I think yeah, you guys for president and secretary. That sounds good.
2: Oh God, here we go. Don't make eye contact. No 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 no. no.
3: <laughs> You're making it. I can see it.
2: <laughs> oh so. I'm reading off Larry's notes, but, uh, so brought the Light podcast. So you're into episode 14, I think. With, yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, with 16's Robert, coming up.
2: 16's Sorry. coming up. Uh, yeah. you just had on Robert Johnson. I was listening to that earlier today.
3: Yeah, no, thanks for listening, guys. Um, yeah, we had Robert Johnson on. He's, he's pretty cool. Um, I guess, like, with all these podcasts, especially the one you guys are doing, Rob was is, like, the father of podcasts, um, for good and bad, I guess. You guys have set up this sort of non-pretentious, really fun podcast, which I actually listen to every week non-stop, so, um, and a lot of guys down here really like it. I think maybe it's just the Aussie humour. We like to sort of be chilled and a bit more laid back. Um, but Rob does a good show. Um, it's Some of it is really intense. I remember he did an episode on the third eye and the Kabbalah, and i was just listening to it going wow um i'm having a trip right now it's really interesting but he was really good um to interview and uh he's been big supporters but it's more exciting for me to actually interview you guys because we see you guys as like the party animals of freemasonry it's oh. a, as exciting oh. as it gets
2: so yeah. tell me about you we started the podcast about the way pete and larry started and then i just started showing up i threatened that i was going to start the showing up until they uh, Maybe a permanent member, but uh, what kind of success have you been having, and what kind of listenership and and reach do you uh, have you been experiencing?
3: Yeah, I've, I think um, the latest statistics were suggesting that we had about six thousand listeners. Um, I think a lot of that's been uh, organic growth. Uh, apparently, a third of it's from Australia, a third of it's from the United States, and a third of it's from the UK. So we've been really int- and Europe sort of falls in there somewhere, but. Um, uh, 6,000 listeners is pretty cool. I tried to think, you know, how many people could I fit in a stadium and let's try and get to that point. And 6,000 is a good start. But we've had a really good impact. Um, what people tell us is that we're sort of the mix between what you guys are doing. Uh, not as, Nowhere near as funny, um, but, we, but we're also a mix between what you guys are doing, casual conversations, and also some of the more you know, esoteric stuff that's happening out there. We, we try to make our our podcast more focused on the practical realities of Freemasonry. We find a lot of young guys join, at least here in Victoria, and they get bogged down with this, you know, older gentleman sort of running this organisation in a way that hasn't, no organisation's been run for a hundred years. And they sort of sit there and they go, help me, um, show me the way to do this, this and this. So we want to make our podcast quite practical and we've had a lot of great responses and the amount of people. people. People who contact me and say, um, you know, thank you, you've saved me from quitting my lodge or quitting Freemasonry, or I I was able to get the guts to tell my lodge, no, I'm not taking office this year just because I had a new child or something like that. uh, That that makes me my day, so it's really, really good.
2: Nice. So (laughs) you have lived in the U.S., and and you've visited many times. So where have you lived, where have you visited, What's uh, and, and can you do your best American accent for us?
3: <laughs> I'm terrible at the American accent. I lived in um, I was actually lucky enough to live in Lubbock, Texas. Um, I lived in West Texas for <laughs> of all the places. <laughs> Wow, Pete's face. That's not. That's a great representation of our people. (laughs) (laughs) So guns up and all um, in, uh, you know, uh, Texas Tech. And uh, look, I enjoyed it. It was really good. The college life is. um, What I love about you guys is that winning isn't a bad thing. Um, Over here, you tend to do well, and it's like, oh, I better not tell anyone because I might make someone feel out of place. But when I was at uni over there, I just felt like. You know, if you did well, it was like really good and encouraged and it was like a winning culture and it really helped me sort of feel comfortable because I, I try to do my best and be bit ambitious, a bit like other people. But um, over here, you just can't seem to talk about success because if you do well, then you have to sort of uh, be ashamed of it. So I, I like that cultural difference. But look, Texas is cool. Um, can't say they're the brightest tools in the shed. I got asked if we had electricity in Australia. Um, that was interesting. Um, they said, you know, have you heard of Blink One Eighty Two? I'm like, no, we don't get the radio down there, so you know, it's a bit of a difficult one. But it was a good experience. Um, I think everyone should do it. I travelled up the east coast. Um, I don't know why I didn't get to Pennsylvania. I sort of dodged that. It mean, was it a good thing? I'm not sure. But
2: my notes say you were in Philadelphia, or is that not true? Uh,
3: I think I passed – I was there one night. Yeah, I can't remember. It was a real blur by that point. Um, I think it was for – the main thing we did, though, that I wanted to do was we passed through – we went through Louisiana, went to Bourbon Street and all that sort of stuff. That was really cool. Uh, And then we went to Florida, and I did, like, the Harry Potter world, and I felt like I was a five-year-old. It was really, really good. And then, yeah, straight up to D.C., and then we caught the Amtrak all the way up to um, New York, and um, by that point, I was pretty buggered. But, yeah, saw a bit of the U.S. I love the United States. I'd love to live there. but, you know, it's uh, one of those things you've got to get the time and money to get back. So I will be back, though, I promise
2: you. So, you know, your latest series that you're talking about is uh, about innovation in the craft and, you know, kind of a focus on the digital age and the world is getting smaller and smaller. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm curious to see what your take is, you know, internationally. What can we do, you know, as an international group, do you think, to... Um, you know, really help masonry uh, in general. And, and you know, we, we've heard the numbers are dwindling, but we hear that they're up in the younger age group. You know, what can we do to ensure that 50 years from now uh, that we're still going to be on, on pace to be around?
3: That's a, that's a really good question. Um, that's a thing, like part of this sort of innovation month thing that I'm running is for me to actually learn if there's any secrets out there. And the more I'm speaking to people, the more I'm realising we're all pretty much screwed. Um, we're all in the same situation. But if I were to say anything to anyone about what we can do to improve Freemasonry, um, I think... The, I mean, I was at a a Grand Lodge thing a couple of weeks ago and they asked me to come up to the quarterly communication and do a presentation and um, people said to me, how do we keep young people in the craft? I said, well, my greatest advice is let them take the journey of Freemasonry in the way they want to take the journey. If they don't want to join all the other side orders, simple, don't make them join the other side orders. If they don't want to take office, you know pretty straightforward stuff don't tell people what to do let them take the journey the way they want to take it and you'll probably find that they stick around and they get more out of it so um, in terms of where i think we're heading i think our organization is going to get a lot smaller um, a lot lot smaller especially here in victoria we've got 50 percent of our membership over the age of 70. so in 10 15 years we're going to lose 50 percent of our membership and there's no way we're going to recruit you know, that much over that period. So we're going to become a lot smaller, but I, I don't see it's as a bad thing. I mean, a lot of the people I speak to about the future of Freemasonry seem quite pessimistic. I'm actually really optimistic. I think that we've got a great organization that stood the test of time. We've got a product that really um, no other organization can offer. Um, we're going to become smaller, but that maybe gives us an opportunity to focus on quality over quantity and having um, an organisation that is probably more intimate than it currently is. At the moment, there seems to be a huge sort of divide between the generations and all other sort of aspects of, the, of Freemasonry. So um, I, I guess the other important thing as well is ensuring that we remain relevant and the only way we can remain relevant is by being willing willing to sort of adapt some of the way we do things and that's why the social club's good and that's why it's important we can't just have you know regular meetings all the time that focus on passing minutes and paying bills if that's the extent of freemasonry then people aren't going to join so
2: yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, the one thing we didn't do, Jack, and not that we want to, you know, we call it sniffing the apron, but for our listeners' sake, give us a brief rundown of uh, the highlights of your Masonic career.
3: Okay. Jeez, um, it's really, really interesting. I've only been a member since 2013, so I haven't been a member for that long. But I, So I've done a lot over that time, though. The highlight, though, in my view, was uh, my, my younger brother just got initiated uh, about two months ago. And it was a real awesome experience because I was acting Junior Deacon for the night. Um, we had the Grand Master come um, and participate in the ceremony, which was pretty cool. And we had 107 people in the room and it, it was just electric. And that, that was probably the highlight of my Masonic career, being able to take my younger brother through the initiation and have all those people in the room supporting us and just having a fantastic night. So that was really, really good. Um, the other sort of milestone for me, uh, really had an impact on me, was when I joined the Holy Royal Arts Chapter. Um, you do your exaltation and that ceremony was just really, really cool. So I, I really liked that. Um, so the, if I was going to pick two moments, um, it'd probably be those two. And I guess the only other one that I really liked was um, I've, I've served in a little bit, few offices. I'm on the way to the chair, but my favourite office so far has been the chaplain's job. Uh, and in the third degree here, we do a charge called the Ecclesiastics, and um, being able to deliver that was pretty pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, they, they've probably been the highlights of my Masonic career, besides the podcast and the Blue Lounge and all the other stuff.
2: Nice. We'll have to get you out to Pennsylvania so you can see how short and simple our ritual is. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, in Pennsylvania, the um, the worshipful master has 90% of the dialogue. Um, whereas uh-huh. in, in, in the other states, there's a lot of communication back and forth between the master and the wardens. But yeah, the master just has to drone on and
2: on and on, and it's a it's a long night.
3: I was going to imagine it'd be a big night for him. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah it's about an, about an hour per degree, so it's you know there's some back and forth and some mechanics, but once they get rolling, it's it's quite a bit. Do you have anything else, Pete?
1: I've got lots of stuff.
2: Have at it. So,
1: so, <laughs> so everything I've learned about Australia, I've learned from the Simpsons. So, yeah, yep. um, When you guys walk around the altar, do you do a clock counterclockwise? <laughs>
3: No, it's all uh, it's all it's all clockwise, obviously. But uh, I guess the biggest issue we have is the whole um, the north being dark and the south being light. Because the sun actually, you know, when it comes up through the east, it goes through the south rather than you know, sorry, the north rather than the south. So it's uh, it's a bit confusing. And they've actually talked about changing that, but I thought no, I just leave it. You know, um, what's what's the big deal? It's all symbolic because my lodge isn't built in a way that it faces east and west so yeah Yeah. the the toilet the toilet water spins the other way i did notice that when i was in the us um it still does flush though um but it's uh yeah we don't have our pet kangaroos they got recently banned so we're not allowed to ride kangaroos to school anymore you know we're we're working on bringing it back Uh,
1: very nice i um, trying to think I have like all kinds of that. I was unprepared because I was expecting Larry to, to do, do the interview talking. and me just to be the wise ass like
2: making fun of Larry well I got some fun yeah. stuff I mean we can I, I got a game to play but we can we can do that now we can do it later
1: you go ahead and play the game okay and I'm gonna go get uh, a drink
2: Aussie Masons are you seeking more than just meetings and minutes but a place to relax and enjoy the fellowship the fraternity has to offer blue arms social club is waiting for you find us at bluelivesocial.com and we're back all right so still haven't figured out this echo but we'll get there it's our maiden voyage so all right i got uh, some fun for you are you ready
3: i'm ready always ready
2: all weekend I've been trying to find some slang, and your slang, at least what I found on the internet, is horrible. So it's not. <laughs> it's all. It's all dirty. Uh, yes. All right. So here's here's the game. Here's what we're gonna do. I have some slang and i'm going to i'm going to say a sentence using some slang and you're going to translate and you, yeah you're going to you also mispronounce it i'm going to mispronounce it yeah yeah and you and you're going to translate so i'm going to say it wrong and you're, you're going to translate <laughs> and what i'm hoping for is that some of these that the slang is wrong
3: yep. All right. yep i can do it
2: earlier this arvo larry took a spill
3: <laughs> okay uh
2: Earlier this
3: afternoon, Larry went to the toilet. I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing yeah. too. I've never said
2: that. Ar- 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 Arvo is the word that I picked up. So you. you know, oh, okay. All right, is that is that, a, is that a word? Arvo?
3: Yeah, Arvo. Yeah, oh, it's Arvo.
2: Yeah. Ar- okay, great. Uh, we're going to go down to uh, Southern Lancaster uh, in the back of Burke.
3: The back of Burg, I think, is like a shithole, like a, a place you don't want to go. <laughs> and, and funny enough, I was actually there not long
2: ago. <laughs> uh, here's here's an easy one. We're uh, we're gonna go to the outback and have some shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> yes,
3: that's, that's, uh, I don't know where the outback is. I'm still looking for. It, but... Yeah, the,
1: the fine the fine uh, native dining <laughs> that we have here. <laughs>
3: Yeah, outback steakhouse. Right. That of
1: Foster's, right?
2: <laughs> that's all the country is.
1: Yeah.
3: That's what we drink. It's, yes, that's definitely
2: know what we drink. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I uh, I had the bloomin' onion, and it was the bloody oath. <laughs>
3: I've never said blooming before, but bloody Oath is a is a common one. <laughs>
1: yeah. What does is, what is that um, what does that translate to? Um,
3: I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I've had the the what's the blooming? Is it like good? Oh, that's
1: that's a stupid <laughs> advertiser they have that they pretend is Australian, <laughs> but it's not.
3: <laughs> the blooming, onion, it, it, bloody Oath is pretty. I don't know. It's like yeah, it's good.
2: I hope that my computer during this recording doesn't go cactus.
3: Ah, yes, you don't have to shit itself. Yep, oh, basically. All right, yep, all right there yep. we go.
2: Yep. Is that how you would use it in a sentence?
3: I've never used it before, but that's ah. how you would use it. Yep, yep.
2: <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going to put this in my stubby holder.
3: Yes, a stubby holder. I thought I had one. But yeah, stubby, like you know, it's like a um, – your stubby is like your, your beer – Can or your beer glass or whatever you guys call them, and you put it in the obviously the cooler, which is the stubby holder. But stub or you know stubbies are like the 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 can or the or the sort of beer
2: glass. That's all I got. That's all I got for fun and games.
1: Now, well, we're going we're 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 going to we're going to have you back on a future episode because we're going to let Larry have, we're because it's so much fun to make fun of Larry. We're going to let Larry do
3: a good interview, a real interview. In fact, that's the funniest,
1: the funniest part about your show. Yeah. <laughs> well, not that we've. He says that, but I'm not sure about that. Like he always says, like at the end when he does his ramblings,
2: he goes, "This is what the people love." What you don't see when you're listening to the show is just the the eye rolling, and the the hand signals, and uh, yeah, I, I think doing this podcast is yeah, probably have to. If I wasn't so ugly, we could upgrade it to TV, <laughs> right? But yeah. It's, <laughs> Okay. But there's no way that we, that we couldn't. I mean, we literally... if We, we have to set Larry directly across from yeah. the guest that he's interviewing or else he, he won't talk into the microphone. Right. like the seat I'm in right now, I'm facing the camera. So he would...
1: In his mind, he's having a conversation because you're four feet yeah. in that direction. But yeah. if somebody's over here, he turns his head and does not talk <laughs> into the microphone. And so Jason's sitting here at the board... And he's constantly
2: adjusting the levels to make it uh <laughs> reasonable. He's like coughing or taking a drink or yeah, like, but I again. gotta
1: say Larry is probably our our biggest cheerleader he's yeah he's been very excited over this podcast. He's the one that really kind of keeps it going'cause he's oh, yeah, he's the driving force for sure
3: yeah,'cause yeah, he and he has a unique voice uh, I think a lot of people like that as well well
1: it take it takes a <laughs> unique it takes like twenty minutes for
2: his voice to get warmed up,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It sounds
2: like a chainsaw. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have anything else. Uh, do you have anything else
1: for? No, no I, I can't right? believe you have to go to work. So I guess like, well, you're not working today. But I don't have to. Yeah. Have but to it's
2: your whole day ahead of you. No, my whole. day. Th- no, I just have to go. To no, not stupid... you. It's not
1: about you. It's about Jack.
2: Oh, I thought you were talking about Jack's me. Got Jack's got the whole day ahead like, of him. What are you talking about? Yeah. No. What it's time? It's what time nice. is it over there? Ten in the morning. Ten it thirty. Ten
3: thirty-six. Uh, yeah. Nice. 10:36. Well, so, I know that you're
2: you're the the our guest, but do you have any any questions for us?
3: Yeah. Um, I, I, my question to you guys is, you know, you guys sort of fumble around, you know, Lancaster and talk to people and do stuff um, for Freemasonry. What do you think the future is going to be for Freemasonry? Are you optimistic or are you pessimistic? Or are you just apathetic?
2: Who wants to go first?
1: Uh, I'll, I'll go. Um, I don't... I guess I'm just going to be noncommittal in this. I mean, it's going to survive. It just... I watched the people in charge and their natural react. I've been in sales a long time and I, I used to work with this crazy guy and he was a uh, commercial real estate salesman. And if he listed a property and he listed this property of $500,000 and you know, 60, 90 days went by and nobody gave him an offer on it. Your normal idea would be to lower it to $400,000. He would go out and put a sign out on the property And raise the price to $600,000. And everybody's like, oh, my goodness. What's going on that that I don't know about? I got to have that thing. So in Pennsylvania and America, we keep trying to make everything easier. We have these one-day classes. We have, you know, we're going to waive this. We're going to waive all this crap. But I just think if you made it harder and you made it more expensive – you would get more dedicated people. I think it, they should go the other way. And then what's going to happen is you're going to have these side bodies and, that are going to be the series bodies, and nobody's really going to want to hang out and be in Blue Lodge. People are going to join Blue Lodge just so they can join something
2: else. Yeah, the side bodies are always saying, "Don't forget your your Blue Lodge." But at, at <laughs> the end of the day, you know, I think that the Blue Lodge, if you're if you're not active with your brothers from Blue Lodge. Uh, The Blue Lodge itself, like you said earlier, I mean, just reading the minutes and and, uh, you know, voting and paying the bills can get a little can get a little boring. Um, Was it Jack, was it you that I had a conversation that you guys email out the minutes and they get like you've all you've all read the minutes and, and then you guys vote on it?
3: Just yeah to... that's something we definitely do, especially in the other orders. They don't have the money to post it and um nor should they. I mean, I had a huge argument with my lodge um, at a planning and general purpose committee meeting about something as simple as let's not post people notice papers who have email addresses because we're spending a dollar a stamp, we're spending money on printing, we're going to office works and printing stuff for like a hundred dollars a month why are we why are we wasting this money this money could be used for other facilities so i'm fighting basics like
2: that i'm fighting that right now. i'm not fighting but i'm working on that right now as secretary of my lodge 650 members and up until i came on board uh, nobody got it emailed and i've got 100 people in a year to go email only and i'm trying to go you know try to at least well here in the states you have to have at least 200 pieces to get like a bulk rate but uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's a big focus of mine at the moment because I did the math and our, our members are spending, we're spending thirty percent of their dues solely on printing. And what, just, what are your dues? Uh, they're typically my lodge is seventy five, I think yours is sixty, Pete. Ours was forty for the longest time,
1: and when we raised them to sixty, you thought that. Uh... Yeah, you thought we were going to like take everybody's guns or something? Everybody's going crazy. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, and meanwhile, year, it? Yeah, and meanwhile, Grand Lodge, uh, you know, they'll raise their dues. You know that we have to pay them occasionally, and most of our bylaws at this point will let us raise our dues without rewriting the bylaws if it's in accordance with uh, with Grand Lodge. But yeah, I think the way
1: our, our ours is written is that um, it's whatever the. The Grand Lodge dues are plus twenty five dollars right yeah so exactly. we, so we can raise it without get it going through the dog and pony show yeah of Grand six Lodge months supposed to posting it
2: Pennsylvania Grand Lodge has raised by a dollar uh or two dollars over the last couple of years and and we have not raised it we're going to wait until you know do a do a five dollar or ten dollar in, increase at least that's a talk now i mean that's current leadership that could all change, but back to your your question, Jack, about you know what can we do and you know I've talked about this a little bit and uh you know the the masonic roundtable guys and uh also his name escapes me but he he does the Ex oriente uh podcast uh but they did a couple really good segments about the the generational gaps and you know millennials and gen xers and all that and and i and i really really um i you know i kind of resonated with that um I think that we're at a pivotal moment in Freemasonry. Uh, I think that you know we, we keep hearing that young people are important, and I don't think that young people are more important than, uh, than than older folks. But I think that we, you know, we right now what is attractive to millennials. You know, Freemasonry is attractive to millennials because the things that they want. Typically, we're talking your average millennial. Um, you know, mutual respect right out of the gate is very, very important to them. You know, where where my grandfather and my parents, you know, respect was earned, not given. And in, in this generation, then you know, the instant respect, I think, is really, really attractive. You know, belonging to something is really, really attractive to them, being able to immediately take some role in leadership. So I think that it's, you know, we, we can do a really good job— reaching out to these millennials and bringing them in to the fraternity. Uh, I also think that it's really important because we, you know, it's it's sheer math that a younger person, somebody who joins younger, uh, you know, if you're 23, 24, I believe, Yep, you know, yep, yep. well, you, you, you've got 50 years of masonry or more in you, you know, where somebody who joins at 50 and they, they just don't. Um, so I really do think that, you know, not, not to make it all math or sales, but you know, the more younger people is just, by sheer numbers is going to give us more longevity in in the craft. You know, as far as the declining numbers, I think there's two schools of thought. You know, masonry really, really boomed, and, you know, some people think that it's, oh, it's dying, it's dying. Uh, But at the same time, some people think it's, it's, you know, leveling out. So, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I, I half agree with Pete that, you know, it, it doesn't need to be so inclusive, uh, but I think that we can't take our, our, you know, eye off the prize, if you will, uh, with not necessarily recruiting, but making sure that we have an attractive package. And I think that the things that you're talking about— I have an attractive package. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Crikey. <laughs> <Hey>. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh oh, man, thanks, Steve. I got- you, you you derailed me, but I think it's really important that we, you know, continue to have these conversations and acknowledge that the world is smaller and whether it be podcasts or, um, you know, changing, you know, we're, we're never going to change the landmarks and, and uh, but, but we need to be a little bit more progressive and forward thinking in making it easier to be Freemasons in, in the 21st century and, and beyond. So
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, you guys—I don't know how many young guys you got joining out in your way—but one of the issues, the biggest issues I find, is the is is, is the lack of you know ser- the lack of fun. I mean, why why isn't the organisation? Fun and I guess one of the real requirements that really pisses people off is the um, the religious requirement. I know that you guys in the United States, your culture tends to be more inclined towards you know religion, whereas over here we tend to be quite irreligious, uh, you know, pagans, um, you know, blasphemous, you know, so <laughs> all the rest of it. The, we we tend to be quite um, relaxed about religion. But the, one of the issues is is the supreme being requirement, and I think this is the biggest challenge facing, facing Freemasonry.
1: I know, I know uh, I've had friends that are brothers now that when we've talked about them joining, that was one of their biggest hang-ups um, you know, they, they kind of considered themselves an atheist and um, you know, and I've kind of like brought them around, I'm not going to get them to change their, 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 their beliefs of a supreme being, but I just kind of would say hey, listen that's about where I am. I am, like, the most minimal, um, like, a lot of the founders of the United States were what they would call deists. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, you know, they believe that there was somebody that, like, flipped the switch, but they're not hands-on, and, you know, there's, like, you know, what happens, what happens. It's not, nobody's drive. nobody's telling us what to do. Um, yeah
2: you know, and i think it's important and I, I agree you know i think that that belief in a supreme being is is a pretty broad statement but i don't think that it would make sense to not i mean the story that you learn you know in your craft degrees you know would not make sense if you didn't believe in in a supreme being and more importantly in afterlife you know i mean it, it's kind of like uh, you know we have a a fellow friend and brother who's jewish and and he loves the york right but he has not joined commandery cuz it just doesn't you know that story does not make any sense you yeah know, for a yeah. man of a man of his faith but
3: yeah no i agree 100% i think the, the main issue is that people who are atheists don't understand what that term means and i think that what we do we have to be careful not to categorize and push people who are maybe sort of yeah, apathetic about god and put them in the same category as people who are actively anti-religious. I think that's a big mistake. It happens here in Victoria. Um, I interview a candidate or a candidate will contact me via Facebook and I'll say, look, you know, this supreme being requirement, you're only going to get asked the question once and it really comes down to you must believe that there is a higher power. That's how I say it, um, rightly or wrongly. Because if we if we get to a situation where there's a lot of people in my generation at least, and I'm probably the same for you, Jason, that are quite...
1: Not me because not- I'm all... <laughs>
3: Well, I don't know. It might be the same. I don't know. But I mean, you know, people are quite, you know, anti this idea of organized religion and perhaps they're more of a spiritual presence rather than or a spiritual enlightenment rather than a religious enlightenment is what they're looking for. And think about it. Who provides that? We do. hate singing the simpsons but you know we we control that uh, that whole element of spirituality we mix philosophy religion all these great traditions and we offer that to young people and talking about being relevant to millennials is something you mentioned before i think the only way we're going to remain relevant is to really tap into that the areas where there's big gaps in their their life and one of the big gaps is religion isn't filling it so what is going to fill it i think we have a a role to play there so it's really interesting and we have to be careful not to class everyone as as an atheist or anti-theist and rather if they're agnostic or unaware or unsure like like um pete's friend was and let's bring them in the fold and see what they get out of it i think that's that's where we have to be yeah
2: absolutely i think it's you know there's there's um some onus to the the lodge officers and the lodge itself that you know i don't think that we're going to ever rewrite ritual you know at least not anytime soon and so making the the actual meetings fun is probably a you know a a hard you know a, 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 you know it's like turning a, a yacht on a dime you know it's not not possible uh but i think that the blue lodges have a responsibility to make sure that their their events and the things that they do outside of lodge are you know inclusive Uh, not restricted to just Master Masons, you know, let the public come in. And, you know, I feel like our two lodges together, you know, with the Masonic Center and some of the events are doing that, but I don't think that that's, you know, global-wide or even statewide. Well, I think that's officially all that I have. That's all
1: I have. Beautiful. Anything
2: else, Jack?
3: No, no, that's all good. Thank you. Jason, very much you Jason,
1: you're going to have a heck of a time editing this into a. Because uh, we talked Episode. for almost an hour. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we can we can have a long one if we need to. That's okay.
2: Well, we just have to edit it so it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So.
3: Yeah. yeah. And include all the Larry jokes. That's really important. Right, exactly.
2: Yeah. Oh, you never you never did your American impersonation for us.
3: Oh, because uh, I'm terrible at it. Uh, I, I can. I, I don't know. What do you want me to say? Give me a sentence. Give me a
2: Pete, sentence. what do you want me to say? What's a real American thing to say? Make America great again, or something like that. Oh gosh! <laughs> no, don't say that.
1: I, I, I'm it's gonna huge. go. I'm going. To, I'm going to Walmart to buy a shotgun.
3: All right, I've got to slow down the pace. Uh, music. Um, uh, um, okay, enunciate the vowels. That's the main one. That's it. I'm going to Walmart to buy a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> right. that, that was actually
2: That's no fun. that was good that was good no, that was very southern i like i like when when non-american folks go right for the southern accent it must be really easy to do all right
3: well thanks for the
2: answer, guys. yeah should we, should we say our goodbye it was very nice to finally meet you on the other side of the computer there well
3: now we'll, we'll keep, keep in touch um yeah we're, with, so we
2: have the christmas uh we have plans for do, uh, a joint christmas episode yeah, yeah, i really yeah. think that we need to call so this. You,
1: you guys aren't that religious but you still buy in the
2: christmas because you have presents <laughs>
3: Just because of the presence. Yeah, exactly. Just because of the present. Yeah. And I think that... And it's like really hot. Have
2: we decided, or are we going to call that brought to light, but L-I-T-E? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That's, that's all announced and people are really excited about it and can't wait. Anyway, I've I'll, I'll held you up. I'll let you go. Thank you yeah. very much, guys. All okay. right, Jack.
2: Thank you so much. Have a good uh, right. morning.
3: Speak to you soon. See all you, right.
2: brother. Thank you. you. Bye.
3: Hey, this is Larry Maris. Unfortunately, I'm home. Not I'm home having some
2: problems, and I wish I really could be there. Honest to goodness, uh, I miss the guys. I miss
3: talking to Jack Aquilina in in uh, Australia. I'll make it up to you, Jack. Honestly, I will. We'll have a heck of a Christmas show.
2: And we're back. So not only is Larry not here, and our guest was in Australia getting ready to go to work in the morning, uh, our remote. A newscaster jack harley who was officially uh, taking over the news for me thank god this whole production thing's got me got me working hard uh but jack was un- unable to be here as well so we have jack phoning in his newscast so without any further ado good news everyone
0: masonic light, light news news, news not fit to print jack harley reporting today from the field with the Masonic Light News. The Grand Lodge has called in a drone strike against a van load of rogue masons carrying undocumented apple dumplings. Evidence of weaponized chicken soup have also been found in several area soup kitchens, and sources close to the kitchen have told this reporter that if this kind of philanthropy continues it may be necessary to resort to a full-scale pie invasion. More on this story as it's baked. In an unrelated story, a court in the United Kingdom has ruled that a dedicated Freemason cannot have the square and compasses engraved on his headstone as it may cause undue trauma to those offended by its obviously anti-Christian symbolism. Those same judges will likely be displeased when a giant to be one, ask one, billboard is erected in front of the local courthouse. That's all from the news from the field. So mote it be.
2: And that was Jack Harley with the news. Thank you, Jack. Wherever you are, traveling for work, uh, some nice uh, satire in there, or was it? And uh, we also heard from uh, Larry. Larry phoned in on a whim, and uh, hoping to have him back for the next episode. But uh, Larry's not here to do his rambling. So, uh, Pete, you've been uh, you've been having some libations. Why don't you uh, ramble us out of here? <laughs> don't play the chicken music. Um, I'm going to keep it actually
1: kind of short because this is uh, probably our longest episode. Um, it's going to be a lot of work for Jason to edit this down and make it uh, palatable. Killing me, yeah. So, uh, but hey, thank you, Jack Aquilina. Um, what do you? Anything coming up for you before our next episode?
2: Uh, state of meeting, one day class, grotto. Uh, what else do we have? Barry Banks will be our next guest when uh, we mentioned it a few times. But we have the Christmas episode we're planning, so that's a few months away. But if you're a uh, a fan of Masonic Light Podcast uh, and brought to light, please uh, keep an eye out for that. Oh, one thing I did want to mention: uh, a shameless plug for uh rating. So, you know, those of you that have been listening know that we uh we switched hosts. Uh basically we're storing our files somewhere else and we had a little little dip in confusion in our in our in our listening. Um but we're putting together some of our statistics and uh taking a look and you know, we'd like to thank all of our listeners and we're really surprised to find that we have listeners all over the world. Obviously, we have a big fan base in Australia, thanks to Jack. Uh Hollywood, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, uh, this is a big shout-out to our one fan in Estonia. Yeah, Estonia. Thank, what's thank going you, on there? Uh, but if you are listening to us on iTunes, uh, drop us a line. Drop us a review. Uh, give us uh, five stars, one star. It doesn't matter to me. Let us know you're listening. And then uh, also you can always find us online at com or on Facebook. But uh, we'd like to hear from you.
1: Um, I guess you reminded me about Grotto, so I've got, uh, I've got a, actually a busy couple weeks Yes, Um, ceremonial. Yeah, well, before that, I'm working on, uh, we're having our first practice in probably 20 years for Goodwin Council number 19. So we're actually having a practice so that we don't uh, drop the ball for doing a a regular opening and closing in front of, like, uh, the head guy. (laughs) Um, And then I'm also learning the part, I mentioned this earlier, I'm learning um, my role in the Tall Cedars um, degree. I'm headed up to Groton, Groton, Connecticut. Nice um, for the New England Grotto Association. Um, We were not invited, Um, (laughs) (laughs) just because of the why. (laughs) Just because of the beauty of Facebook, um, we heard that there was a Grotto Association meeting. and uh so our secretary jay laser and i are gonna we're gonna just go up and uh crash the damn thing um and so yeah i'll wear my fez i'll be the monarch there then that's the weekend of our big grotto meeting so i will come back sunday morning
2: and then grotto it up
1: and then meet you guys to do the interview with barry banks well, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, go to our Grotto meeting. You know, yeah. It'll be crazy.
2: And speaking of which, we have our uh, Lodge 43, if you're local. Lodge 43 is having their state of meeting with Jack Harley from Grotto, our venerable prophet. Uh, because you'll be at practice, uh, we'll be doing a presentation on Grotto. And worship uh, Master Brett Cook of Lodge 43 has uh, offered to let us call off from labor so we can wear our fezes and other shenanigans that our Grotto does in particular. It's
1: gonna be a, a a damn dumpster fire.
2: Eh, we'll see. And then you guys are bringing treats.
1: Yes, absolutely. We're, we somehow we uh, uh, Supreme Council has a thing, so if we do an event like this for a, a Blue Lodge, they'll reimburse us seventy five um,
2: dollars. Seventy five
1: dollars. So yes, we're gonna buy seventy five dollars of
2: Pixie Sticks, or and something. they'll appoint a chairman that wasn't expecting it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, that's it. We've droned on enough. Uh, you got you got to give us some. Do your best, Larry. Alright. Everybody I'll see you in two weeks. That's it? That's your best Larry? No no uh, What? That's terrible. Yeah, I can't I can't do Larry. He's uh he's a unique individual.
2: Well, thanks to Dewey Cheateman and Howe and I'm a Blather and somebody stuck in Afghanistan and blah 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 blah. Yeah, I got nothing. Banjo music. Jack Aquilina, thank you so much. This is Jason Lewis. Pete Rogerry. And we'll see you guys later.
1: <laughs> Jack did say his favorite part is at the end of the show when you're doing your random yeah. initial playing our dumb yeah. music.
2: Yeah. Guess as long as you don't tell him about that fell and how that McHugh. EMT's here to pick me up.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'd never tell <laughs> him that.
2: The first <laughs> thing you would normally
1: say, was he drunk? <laughs>